While recently in London, I caught up with my good friend, actor and musician, Greg Canestrari. We recorded this podcast episode over a few drinks at a hotel bar near Piccadilly Circus. We discuss his work in musical theater, his acting with Stephen Van Zandt on the Netflix series Lillehammer, and his recent work with director Tim Burton. Here's part one of our conversation. Today's podcast is brought to you by JLC Accounting, bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, and advisory. For more information, visit jlc-accounting.com. That's jlc-accounting.com. Now here's your host, Brian Brodor. So let's start this out. You know what I'm dying to know about? Well, Tell me about establishing yourself in London as an American actor. Okay. And then we'll go back about Miss Saigon. We'll go back. But tell me about that. Coming here, first of all, I had to get my dual citizenship. I mean, it depends on how far back you want to go. I got my dual citizenship, and that was uh, eight months of bureaucracy unto itself. I mean, that was a lot of finding out loopholes and ways of being able to get my Italian citizenship. Makes me Italian again. Not everybody can just do that. Well, canestrare. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm Italian. I mean, usually people come over and they naturalize. The minute you naturalize, you're no longer your past, your future. So that's the line. Anyway, I won't get into all that, but... Right, but that's an important part. That, it is a very important part, because when I lived in New York City, that's when I was investigating this stuff. I mean, I would get up at all hours of the morning, go to the Naturalization Immigration Center in Italy. I'd wait five hours just for them to look down on me and say, well, you're American. <laughs> what are you talking about? But no, this is like, this is not the Italian consulate. This is, you know, the U.S. government. And they're like, what are you doing? You don't want an Italian citizenship. Get out of here. So oh, I was right, because like, it's a three-way thing. You're an American looking for Italian. Yeah, so I went to the wrong wow. place. I went to the, so then I eventually went to the Italian consulate. They worked it out for me. I had to sign waivers for the army. My mother made the cookies. My mother made the biscuits. My mother worked hard because I was also, I was on ships as well as a singer. Right. And uh, I did that for two years, and I had to work. So, I mean, I needed to do that. was available for me, so I, I did that. And she did a lot of the legwork, although I had to sign the papers and show up. And Anyway, cut a long story short. Now, the, the cruise ship work or the ship work, yeah. that's based out of U.S.? That's considered U.S. work? That's all U.S. work. Right. And I was based in New York at, at that right. time. Right, got it. But I was working on getting my Italian citizenship. So managed to do it at the end of the day. And like in March 98, finally made the move over. So here I am now, I'm in the UK and I'm doing my thing. I did a lot of little corporate works and I, I worked a lot as a drummer for different things. Right. Uh, but right. I, so I bought some congas and I did my thing, you know, I did. But it was about the first year getting myself sort of situated in a thing. Yeah. And I had really good friends at Pineapple Dance Studio and because yeah, I did musicals, you know, and this and that. Sure. And so we all got together. We did this reality TV show. So, yeah. Um, so I had a lot of friends in the Pineapple Dance Studio and we lived together. We had this opportunity to do this thing for Rapido TV. Now, they, they do Euro Trash and they do this TV <laughs> show called Euro Trash. It's quite CV. But anyway, nevertheless. Is, is that reality? It, it's sort of reality. Yeah, it's sort of reality, <laughs> but it's... You know, all these people are doing, it's sort of trash right. TV, yeah? Tabloid. Kind of like, yeah, Euro trash, it's, it. it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but they're the company who produced our reality TV called The Warehouse. Okay, so that sort of got us on the map, and they introduced me to Cameron McIntosh. Well, so that's a huge thing. This, this is, yeah, so this this type of thing. So And, of course, then I 
eventually got to, I'm cutting the story short here, but I eventually auditioned for Saigon, as well as Les Mis, and I was doing very well. And so I, I landed the national tour of Miss Saigon, and that was uh, quite a thing because, you know, of course I met my wife there, but I met- UK national, right? The UK national, yeah. Got it, got it. I could have gone on to do the US, and all, but I decided not to. Okay. Uh, wanted to stay local. Um, of course, I had my wife at the time, and I was just mm -hmm. trying to sort my life out, you know. So anyway, I did that, and I did another show. I was a lead singer for, and I had the BBC Orchestra behind me. Whoa! Yeah, called Latin Fever, and that wow. was uh, quite a thing. And uh, what was that repertoire? What no, that was in the West End. That was uh, Strictly Come Dancing. Do you know Dancing oh, yeah, with the yeah, Stars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a West End show, and I was. Because I knew the musical director from Saigon and blah 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 Got blah, blah. we yeah. all kind of. Oh, sure. And so um, I landed that, and I was a feature singer. But I went through a lot of turmoil there because my mother passed during that time, and that was hellish. Now uh, back in the states, back in Massachusetts. Yeah, and I had to, I had to get back to the states for a, a compassionate leave. Blah blah blah. Whatever. So. <laughs> Not whatever, but there you go. Yeah, no, um, it was a difficult thing. So then I got back and I finished the tour of that and we went to the Symphony Hall in Birmingham and we, we did that. Anyway, so after that, I, you know, I've done my thing with musicals and I thought to myself, listen, I wanted to do more substantial stuff. I needed to elevate myself. I said, what do I do? You know, I got into more TV stuff and really worked hard, got my reel together. I, anyway, eventually time went on, I got a break and I did Lilyhammer. Now explain what Lilyhammer is for an audience who doesn't know what the TV show is. Sure, uh, Lilyhammer is the very first original programming for Netflix. It's the very first uh, before really House the of first Cards. One, wow! Before House of Cards, very first. People say House of Cards really got the ball rolling, but that's irrelevant. Uh, we're talking about Lilyhammer did very well, still is doing well. Yeah. Uh, did three seasons and then it stopped. Uh, apparently produced out of the UK. Yes, but also in conjunction with producers in New York. Interesting. Uh, yeah, wow. and because uh, Steve Van Sant is sort of a spin-off of The Sopranos. Right, got it. And so it was, people were looking for it. You know, people love The Sopranos, they embraced Lilyhammer. And people all over the world, sometimes I get emails from random people, I'm like, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm still not used to, I'm still not used to that. I'll be honest with you, Brian. I say this. I know I'm in the microphone here, but it's sort of like, wow. I, you know, sometimes when I'm gigging, you know, and you get a group of Norwegians who it took place in Norway, and they're going, that's the guy from Lilium. That's the guy who played Jerry Delucci. It's like their national show, maybe. It's like Friends. It was like Friends. <laughs> and and so you know, you go to Norway. Awesome. It's like ah. So they all, you know, I remember the first time this happened, a big group of Norwegians came in and they're like, that's, that's Jerry DeLucci behind the uh, piano. I'm going, you know, and I'm saying, I think they're recognizing me. They all come up to me and it becomes like a thing. Anyway, so. It's great, it's but, great. Yeah, so Lilyhammer was a big thing for me. So th that was great. And then from there, I did a role in 24 and, and uh, transported the series and, uh, you know, so it went on and, I, and I'm building, building, building now. I changed my agency and I'm with a management company and, and uh, they're doing quite well for me. And, Stan and Ollie, uh, Dumbo, the live-action film, I have a role in that. So right. both of those are going to be out next year. That's Tim Burton, of course. Sure, yeah, uh, the Dumbo, that's huge. That's that huge. Is, yeah. So I didn't care what he wanted me to do. It. I, I was like, I, I was telling my agent at the time, I'm like, it's a smallish role, but, you know, it'll be good for you. And I'm going, well, really? Is it going to help me? Well, Tim Burton actually chose you. Right. Boom. Went, Greg. And I went... Okay. Oh, right. 
Well, I'm certainly not going to say no to that. Yeah. You know, how, I mean, who am I? You know, I mean, so, so I was happy to do it, you know, and honored to do it. So it was two weeks, you know, my trailer was right next to Colin Farrell's. Cool. Um, so I was, <laughs> I was like, yeah. And where was this? This is at Pinewood Studios. Pinewood, this is right. at the new wing of Pinewood Studios. Nice. It, and, and I'm telling you, the UK is doing great. Sure. With regard to filming, it's going to be bigger and bigger all the time. It, they're expanding all the time. Yep. Uh, locations are here. America embraces it. I don't know whether it's a tax thing or whatever it is. It doesn't make a difference. So we embrace it, you know. And it's we have a really great film relationship, film TV relationship with each other, uh, London and the in the U.S. And you know what's interesting is some of those over the top series, whether it's Netflix or some of the other kind of online generation, they're bringing UK productions more easily to a global audience. Yeah. You know, whether it's BBC or others. Yeah. I mean, that's And I'm happening. up for a few things right now that actually are blending UK with American roles wow. with, within each other and, uh, you know, the boyfriend of, but is a regular throughout the series and stuff. I'm not going to talk about it, but I'm up for two at the moment. So two weeks on Dumbo does, I don't want to get you off that. That's cool. At Pinewood, right? Tell us a little bit about that. How did that go? That was great. I felt like I was in an old Hollywood set. Wow. I mean, it was such a great experience. It was a hot July time, just yeah. like now. And my driver picks me up. We get right to my trailer, and everything is catered for. Everything is... Uh, and, and you're walking amongst... You know, we're talking Dumbo. This is a circus environment, right? Sure. So you're talking really large people, you know, black, white, Asian. Very diverse. Diverse amount circus of, yeah. central. Wow. And I felt like I was like, let's say hypothetically on the set of, let's say, Wizard of Oz or something like that. It was quite colorful and it was walking by people going hello and they're like upside down and they're like i'm going, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to see my lunch you know but but it was it was quite a hollywood uh, very hollywood experience and really grateful for it and so i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that okay i gotta go backwards for a second because sure my production company and, and my team east main media is based in new jersey so of course uh, nice website by the way oh gee thanks we just launched it it's well just the big... it's, it looks nice I am blessed with the best team in the world. Yeah. So shout out to Kayla, Morgan, Dave, JP, Steve Sutton, everyone back at the shop. Wow, they're wicked. keeping things running. Nice, nice. While we're hanging out having champagne in, yeah. in London. Yeah, it's know. the way forward. It's the way forward. This is the future, folks. Take advantage of the opportunity when it arises. Let's you know? get another round. <laughs> podcast uh, drinking. That's right. Drinking with Brian, the podcast series. <laughs> oh, that Here should be are. a thing. That's a new thing for What you. do you mean? It should be a thing. It is a thing. It it's is what a we're thing. doing right now. The podcast should be like on the floor. You JP know? and Morgan are rolling their eyes at me right now <laughs> in the States. So, of course, we're based out of New Jersey. Now, Steve Van Zandt, right? Of course, oh. folks know him Fabulous. as Little Steven yeah, oh yeah. from the Bruce Springsteen band, the East Street Band. And he'll be here in July with the Disciples of Soul. And what's interesting is look at the acting career that he's created, yeah. right? So give me a little bit of download of working with him, what, what he's like, what the series was like. He's extremely down to earth, really pleasant, a nice guy. You can talk to him if there's issues. He invited us, you know, come into my trailer, just hang out here, yeah. you know, no A-lister says, come into my trailer and hang out. Right. Okay. Well, there's I'll the musician you. thing, too, because the, the musicians yeah. get the hang, you know, so I could tell you things he said, but I don't think I should well, say. Well, it's okay. Uh, Let's he, keep confidence. What he did say to me, which I was quite honored about, when Clarence, the saxophone, yeah. was ill, and uh, 
he passed away. Yeah. That uh, was, was during the run of your production, right? I was in the dressing room with him, and he told me firsthand. He said that Clarence died, and I went, and here I am, a Bruce Springsteen fan, and a, I'm going, my whole life I grew up with Bruce Springsteen and Stevie, and, and, and here he is. We're in Lilyhammer in a dressing room, and he's telling me firsthand that Clarence has passed away. I was honored that he actually told me, number one, and that it came from him. And Very personal thing. about timing as well. And it was quite an intense thing. It was intense for him. Yeah. I know that, but, but you know, understandable. Intense for me because I'm really a fan, you know? I really am. Yeah, you've heard all that music. Yeah. They've been together for dozens of years, you know, with all that music. Yeah, that's a very personal thing. We'll be right back to the conversation after this brief message from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by JLC Accounting, bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, and advisory. For more information, visit jlc-accounting.com. That's jlc-accounting.com. Lilyhammer was a great thing, and everybody on it was, oh, everyone from Norway, uh, from Rubicon, they're just really nice. Just, it was a great thing. And, and I've always said to Mahern and myself, who were partners in crime in season one, and season one was a really good season. Yeah. Um, the running joke was, you know, surely he's got like a, a twin brother somewhere in the world. Uh, Jerry DeLucci has a twin brother somewhere. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say what happens to Jerry, right. but well, I mean... Don't give it away. No, I'm not. But I mean, uh, surely he has my... Because it would be great to just come back to that series or a spinoff of this, or this and that, you know. But we've talked about things, you know. But that <laughs> never transpired at the time. But, you know, see what happens. There's a lot of money floating around in that uh, Netflix, Amazon, over the top world. Netflix is just growing. Yeah. Growing, growing leaps and bounds. Tell, tell me a little growing. bit about that. How do you see that here? You know, you and I, being of a certain vintage, know movie and TV production a certain way. And now the contemporary production is it's just a, growing leaps and bounds and so yeah, fast. Yeah. That's it's just before our eyes, which is a good thing if you're already involved with it and you want it to grow. But you're not used to it if you're just not used to that sort of sure. thing. Yeah, sure. You know, it just is what it is. I mean, I'm not on that level. I don't deal with the business end of Netflix, and I don't know the numbers or anything like that. But I love Netflix. I have Netflix. Yeah. We have Netflix. But not only that, but Amazon is growing. And so, yeah. And so now, I, and that was with a certain agency. Uh, you then. just made a move. You've, you've and made And I a made change. a move yeah. about the beginning of this year. Right. I felt like it was time. It was time. And when you have to do it, you have to do it. And there's, you know, there's no... Was it a natural thing? I mean, did you feel sort of, hey, I got to take a step? I got to take a step. I put an all points bulletin out. Hmm. Said, who wants me? (laughs) So I I deduced and then I said, okay, I'm going to go with international artist management. Yeah, Because they're just enthusiastic. They've got a lot of great people on their books already. Yeah people that I want to work with. Right, anyway, well I'm not going to go on about it. But yeah. um, so anyway, I made the move, and it was a good thing. I am just now, I mean, today, and self-taping is like the way forward of auditioning. If you're not going to go to a casting, you self-tape. If it's a certain condition thing, why don't you just self-tape it for me? Which is a whole nother... Well, uh, explain what that means. Self-taping you, is when yeah, you're home. How do you do this? Yeah. You get out your camera, you get out the lights, you get out your backdrop, or people just put up a camera and they just shoot wherever, yeah. and, but you just read the lines at home, okay? But for me, it's about 
doing it properly. Get out the lights, I get out the backdrop, yep. I do it properly. Because that's really how to do it. You know, if you if you can more of a professional level, you try mean? to, yes. Yeah. Try not to look like a self-tape. Are, are if people possible. doing it with iPhones? I mean, are people doing selfies? iPhones, for this? iPhones, Samsung's, I mean Wow. Yeah, which you can do quite easily. Unless they, they get the requirement, do not do it with a smartphone. Yeah, then you don't do it with a smartphone. Yeah. But on the whole, yes, and because now you can make great videos, even the self video, whatever you call it. Well, um, let me let me ask you this. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, that's um, what percentage of quote auditions or tapings, what percentage of the roles are sending in your videos versus going uh, It's fifty fifty. It wow. really is, Brian. It 50. really is. Wow. Today I have four scenes I have to do today. I only did three. Yeah, and one I'm going to do tomorrow because I'm home and I've got to deal with all this stuff as well. So I did three, but I was busting it, and I was like, and I was actually, what? I was like, and are you I know reading? it's like, I, I mean, know it's hot outside. You're reading, you're reading scenes. No, I'm memorizing them, and yes, and I'm, I have the other characters. I have it arranged to have them read for me. Right, sure. So I have it all set up, and boom, 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 and so I've got my camera set up, I got my lights set up, and I'm doing uh, the self taping all day today. Wow. You think self-taping, you just whip it up, you just like, you yeah. know, you read the lines, and, oh, that'll be good, just send it off, boom, done. No, not for me, no, 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 it takes a while. No, yeah, so it takes a while. Because I want to do it right. I refuse to just go, okay, yeah, that'll do. What's your send process? I, I mean, do you review do your takes I and review, then go back? I review my takes and I'm like, you know, if I'm going to do two different ones, then this has to be more contrasted to this one. Yeah. And I need to nail this aspect of it at some point, whether it's this take or that take. So if I'm not nailing what I want, then I make sure I nail it. And do you have to submit one take? Do you get to edit that? Well, I edit it on my software yeah, and, yeah. And, and I put it together with the whole presentation. Wow. And some people, it takes an hour. They do it, they send it off, and they, but for me, I need to do it. So it ends up taking a little bit longer because of the fact that I'm so, it's just maybe Brian, it might be just me. I'm very meticulous about what I want and right. how I, because, you know, you get these shots to do these things, and you want to make the most of them. You know what I mean? You're not, yeah. I'm not going to just, you know, that, that'll be fine. Oh, it's just a preliminary. They'll, they'll invite me in later. Not if you don't knock them off their feet from right. square well, one. Well, that's where the bar is that's set. That's where I want yeah. to do. You know what I mean? I want there to be, I've got to have them in. You know, in your, in your process of doing that, do you know when you're nailing it? Do you... Do you know when you get that take, like, oh, wait, I just got that, and you go back and look and go, yeah. I, yeah, I'm sure I got it. Sometimes I'll do one for the road, and then I say, okay, I definitely got a different one, so I can pull from those. Oh, like a safety, like, oh, I got an extra? Right, yeah, yeah. 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 And so I'll do four or five. Sometimes I end up with eight, and, and, and then I'm like, okay, I'll have to edit, you know, choose which ones I want. and yeah. What I do not do is ever edit two different ones together. Yeah, that was my question. Sure. I'll never do that because it will look like it's edited, and I want it to see like it's a fluent. I mean, unless I'm such a great, unless you can manage it, I don't think well, it's doable. Well, casting directors would know that, right? They'd they would say, know oh, that. He's and one it thing together. you must never, you know, underestimate is their intelligence. Yeah, sure. You know, they work with these things all the time. Well, here's a question. On the other hand, how much do you think is immediate impression? You know, like when Tim Burton casts you. Like, does he just see your look and feel and vibe and say, yeah, got it, done? I didn't even audition for that. Right. 
Right, that was just... They got my showreel. They looked at my showreel. They said, he's the one. So that wasn't a custom. That was through your agent, right? That was, oh, yeah. Right? No, that was was through my my agent at the time. So your agent's shopping you in and you're saying, look, you got to see this guy. And he just said, yep, that's him. Yeah. My reel, my photos, and it was all on that. And if anybody out there is going, you know, oh, my photos are only, you know, so important and videos are only so... No. No, no, no. You, <laughs> yeah. It's it's gotta everything. be a hundred thing. Yeah. You need top notch. You need wow. to get the right look for what you are. It's so important. You have to know who you are as an actor, as a type. You know what I mean? Okay, left turn. Ready? Left yeah, turn. Yeah, go, go, go. Okay, you and I are sitting here, right? Yeah, loving this champagne. <laughs> I, I'm gonna get another round. I think so. I, you know, I, I'm wondering if we can hail a, a, a bartender here. So well, let's see how that goes. So. American in London, yeah. right? So how much does your working in London sort of typecast you? You know, do people think, oh, there's Greg the American guy? Yeah, does that but, happen? Well, the thing is, is that, first of all, there's a huge niche, American niche in London, in the UK. Paint that picture, what do you mean? What there's is, a what huge, is that? a lot of actors. There's a big pool of actors of all types to pull from in London. Who are American? Got okay, it's a big Got American it. pool Got of it. actors. Yeah. Now let me contrast that though. Okay. Because there's English London actors who can play American. Yep. Right. So, so in a sense, you're also up against them. You know. That's but my question. To an extent. Yeah. How, how, because they, they might off? be a little bit more worried that they might lose their accent or whatever the case may be. Well, here, that's what I'm wondering. Is yeah, it's like a, an Englishman in New York. I mean, unless they can sustain that, you know, and are they going to go with just an American, which they're sure of? Which is easier? Which is like, let's not worry about it. Let's just get an American. How about, you know what I mean? how about this? Which is easier? Is a, an Englishman in New York easier to play American or an American in England playing an American a better bet? That's hard, I'm asking, that's hard it's, to it's say. It's apples and oranges, I guess. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah. hard to say. It depends how, how good you are. So let me go back to the American in London yeah. working actor. So explore that for a second for okay. me. Okay, so well, t- you got Pinewood here. You got a lot of these. Teddington, you've got... Uh, Shepperton. Shepperton, uh, Ealing Studio. I mean, you've got these studios that are here, and they're doing Batman, and they're doing... Um, One second, Greg. Yeah, Can sure. I order two more Okay, sorry. And Pausing no, for a reorder of champagne. Yeah, which is not unimportant. No. So there's a lot of uh, productions coming here that are uh, they they want Americans for, and uh, the only thing I would complain about, I mean, uh, Englanders complain, but here I am complaining, but um, is that you don't as much anyway. You do, but you don't as much get the I want an American to play the lead role in this production in London. You know, so that's where you don't get as much. You don't get that. So that because they want to lean towards an yeah, English the, actor. Lot, you mean? The names will probably come from the U.S. Uh, oh, I know. I, I because they're in yeah. L.A. already, and Got they've it. already been signed to do this, and they're going to shoot a certain portion of this in London, and then they get the actors to get. So you might be second, you might be third, you might be whatever. You know, but. It's the lead stuff that I find is is lacking for Americans being here, being able to nail hmm. on the whole. But maybe that's going to change in the future. You know, that's hard to say, but it looks like it, it might very well do that. Uh, I feel more of a amalgamation coming through, you know what I mean? Like this, yeah. this, this, the Englanders and Americans uh, working together more on the same level as time goes on 
I see that happening. Although, you know, again, I'm only an actor. You know what I mean? I'm seeing things, but, you know, it's hard to say. It, it, it's interesting. It could be the champagne. You know well, I mean? well, hey, we've got another round coming. So, <laughs> Join us next week for part two of my conversation from London with actor-musician Greg Canistrari. Today's podcast is brought to you by JLC Accounting, bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, and advisory. For more information, visit jlc-accounting.com. That's jlc-accounting.com. This has been a production of East Main Media, hosted by Brian Brodeur. Special thanks to associate producer Morgan Taylor, audio engineer J.P. Conk, senior producer Kayla Galka. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe and leave us a good rating. For more information, visit eastmainmedia.com. And thank you for listening.